0: You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue, with Adam Bartels.
1: Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. It is Read Across America Day, also known as Dr. Seuss Day, a day that uh, we honor uh, the great works of the author, Dr. Seuss, um, a day put together in the late 90s by the National Education Association, And uh, recently, uh, the good people up at Purdue put out a release, I love this title, Oh, the Places You'll Go If You Shut Down the Computer and Open Up a Book Instead, Uh, Sharing Some Tips on How to Encourage Reading uh, with Your Kids in a Screen-Filled World. Uh, With me today to help unpack that is a couple associate professors from uh, Purdue University in the College of Health and Human Sciences, uh, Jennifer Dobbs-Oates and David Papura. Jen and David, welcome to the program. How are you doing?
2: Thanks. We're really
1: glad to be here. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, and as we honor Dr. Seuss and encourage families and children to read, let's talk about, uh, before we jump into uh, Read Across America Day, so our listeners get to know who you are, kind of tell us, give us a short bio on on both of you.
2: Okay, so... My name's Jennifer, as you said. Um, I've been a professor at Purdue for uh, plenty of years now. I think that's the <laughs> number I'm going with. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I uh, was also a boilermaker, and my folks are boilermakers, and so uh, it's a great place to contribute um, to to teaching the students um, here at Purdue. Um, my backgrounds in psychology and in early childhood development, in particular uh and if you study young kids learning how to read is a big part of that and so um i'm somebody who's always loved reading and i've been fortunate enough to fold that love into my career
0: awesome david how about you so i've been a professor here for about 8 years now but i like jen uh i was also an undergrad here so um i've been around here for many years and uh, really enjoy everything about the boilermakers um I study early math development, how young kids learn uh, their 1, two, threes, but also how that connects with their learning of ABCs. And so mm-hmm. a lot of the work we've been doing recently has been linking math and literacy, and we've even developed uh, a, a number of books that have math embedded in them for parents to read with their children.
1: Cool. That sounds great. Love the work you guys are both doing up there. We're talking about Read Across America Day, or Dr. Seuss Day, as I said in the introduction, uh, March 2nd here today. Uh, at the release of this podcast, why uh, is reading important to your kids?
2: There's a lot of answers to that question, but one I think that's really important is that when kids are really young, they're learning how to read. But once they reach about the third grade, they're reading in order to learn. Hmm. And so having a strong foundation in reading is important not only for reading, but it's important for pretty much anything else you're going to experience in your life. Uh, And so we want kids to read well. And we also hope that they're going to be excited about and motivated to read, which pays off in
0: so many ways. Right. David? Some of the great things about reading with your children when they're young is it's a great opportunity for uh, parents and their children to engage in rich dialogue, to go back and forth and have some really fantastic conversations about the stories. They can read stories that provide them this rich background knowledge on their world. Um, so it's a great opportunity for parents and children to learn together yeah. and to, to just share some special moments.
1: Yeah, for sure, build a lifelong uh, life full of memories there. Uh, whether it's you know bedtime reading or just you know reading a book in the morning or in the afternoon on the couch before nap time, all all great ways. I agree. Uh, Jen, kind of talk to us about how you can make reading fun and not have kids dread it. If there are kids out there who dread the reading part, whether it's you know the reading themselves or listening to listening to stories, how how do you make reading fun?
2: Sure. I think one of the number one things is to follow the child's lead. Mm -hmm. You know, particularly when they're young, it's not as important what you're reading or what you're reading about. It's much more important that you're reading. So if your kid is interested in books about baseball, which it would be for my older son, Mm -hmm. or if your kid is interested in, in, you know, books about dinosaurs or if your kid wants to read the back of the cereal box. It doesn't much matter as much what the text is as long as there's reading going on. So if you follow your child's lead and follow where their motivation lies, it's much more likely to be fun. Another big thing to keep in mind is that kids really respond to playful language. That's one of the great things that Dr. Seuss was so well known for, and he really brought to children's literature in a big way. Language that's playful, language that plays with sounds and rhythm and rhyme is fun and motivating for kids, and as a bonus, it's really powerful for language learning. It gives kids exposure to all of the sounds that then we use to make up words. And so they're developing their language skills even while they don't know it, and they're having fun at the same time.
1: That's great. And in the, and this release, it also talks about how wordless books can uh, open up a kid's imagination. Talk about that, why wordless books are
2: valuable. Absolutely. Wordless books are a little surprising, right? <laughs> I think that parents think about that I'm supposed to be reading with my kid. That means there are words, and I read the words. But wordless books can be a really great tool. Um, They have all kinds of rich illustrations, uh, whether those are drawn or photos, but they lay out a picture in a visual kind of way. And then the parent or caregiver or the child themselves can tell the story Mm -hmm. and can use their own language skills to kind of explore what they see and what they notice. And one of the things to keep in mind is that the more a child is talking as part of a shared reading experience, the more valuable it is. And that's a little counterintuitive. Parents often think that, you know, the quiet child should shush so that I can read the book to them. But in fact, we want the child to be using their own language skills as part of this process. And wordless books provide one great way to do that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I also, on the flip side of that, too, I I agree with you 100%. I also, on the flip side, I don't know if you've ever read this book. I love the book with no pictures. Uh, I think B.J. Novak is the author on that, the (laughs) actor from the... uh, the office, I think uh, that one's great too, because I think it also allows you to do that same thing. You kind of the way you read it uh, kind of sets a tone or lets the kids kind of imagine what the pictures might be there.
2: Oh yeah, that's a fantastic one. <laughs> when my kids got that as a gift, I, I don't know when the last time was that they doubled over and laughed so hard. <laughs> right. Uh, it, and it plays with the idea that when parents are reading books, they're usually reading very much the words on the page, and mm-hmm. so then if parents if the book sort of makes the parent do something mm-hmm. silly, then kids think that's just the funniest thing that ever happened.
1: Yeah. Talk talk about the importance of reading together.
2: Yeah, so reading together is, you know, just, it's a very powerful activity. It's a relationship-building and bonding activity. So not only do we have the advantage of exposing kids to language and to words and to books and to a love of books and all those advantages, but we also have the opportunity to build relationships, whether that's between parents and children, older siblings and younger siblings, all kinds of other family members, caregivers, teachers, you name it. But that time together, reading a storybook, is time that's focused on the child. It's often physically close time, and it has Mm -hmm. a tendency... To, to build relationship and to build a love of spending time together as well as a love of books.
1: Definitely, definitely. Awesome. And, and uh, David, I, w- I want to bring you back in. You recently wrote an analysis about this uh, 30 million word gap. Can you kind of tell us briefly what that is and, and does it matter in this instance?
0: So um, over the last 20 years, there's been um, this thing that's been called the 30 million word gap where um, some research of, researchers have argued that Children from families with uh, lower uh, resources hear 30 million fewer words than children from families with higher resources. And that's been sort of an impetus for a lot of research in terms of uh, developing interventions and other programmatic um, uh, things for, uh, for families. But there's been, I feel, an overemphasis on the actual number and and to the de- and detriment of supporting young children. And the, the difference of 30 million words is actually um, mathematically uh, implausible. And so really what we need to be focusing on more than these gaps is what can we do to support families to support their children uh, in their learning? And how can we encourage families to um, be more engaging when they're reading, um, find the time to be able to read with their children, and provide the resources and breaking down barriers that prevent them from being able to engage more with their children.
1: Definitely. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I want to talk about some of your guys' favorite Dr. Seuss books, and even beyond that, if you have some other favorite non-Dr. Seuss books that you love uh, reading with your uh, your kids.
0: So my favorite Dr. Seuss book has always been Green Eggs and Ham. Mm. (laughs) Uh, When I went to summer camp as a kid, there were a couple of the counselors who, um, for one of the evening programs, they would... Um, acted, acted out and they had it memorized and so I thought that was so cool and so I memorized it too and so you can tell how I end up in the job that I'm doing. Um, yeah for
2: me I think now as an adult I really appreciate some of Dr. Seuss's books that have larger messages in them. Okay. Um, I love the Lorax for its message mm-hmm. about environmental sustainability. I love the Butter Battle book, which is this really clever take on nuclear proliferation, which is not a topic you expect to find in a children's (laughs) book, but the message is there. Um, But I also have a really soft spot for Mr. Brown Can Moo. Can you? (laughs) That was both of my sons. That was their first favorite book at the youngest age. The first time I could really tell they had a preference for a book it was Mr. Brown Camus, which yeah. is a lot of a parent making ridiculous noises, and so that one will always be <laughs> special
1: to me. That's right. I was talking about this with my kids before I you know, I came in to record this, and uh, I mean, I was reading all these lists of books, telling, them, asking them to tell me, what, what wasn't your favorite? And every time I read a new title, they're like, yes, that one, that one. And mm-hmm. I know we love the Sneetches, and of course, you can't go wrong with How the Grinch Stole Christmas, uh, Horton Hears a Who, the Lorax, like you mentioned. Another one that was a favorite at bedtime for us was Hop on Pop, and partly because the kids like to jump out of their bed and then hop on pop while I was reading that. They thought that would, that's what I was trying to tell them to do or whatever. To, to, to hop <laughs> on their pop. The
0: same when, <laughs> thing with my kids. That was one of the favorite ones to act out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I always like to emphasize, no, you can't hop on pop. <laughs> <laughs> Any other non, uh, uh, non-Dr. Seuss books that uh, your family
0: really enjoys that stand out? So I think both Jen and I uh, would probably agree on this. Um, the two of us, as well as one of our other colleagues, have been collaborating to develop um, some children's books together. And so um, The Little Elephant's Big Adventures okay. is the series title of the books that we're developing. And we're hopefully going to be able to have these released for purchase um, and to give away for free uh, at some local events sometime um, by the end of the semester.
1: Awesome. Jen? You...
2: Yeah, I can vouch for those. Okay. My, my boys love The Adventures of Lucy and Benjamin, which are these little uh, elephant siblings. Um, but that makes me think of more animal characters. Kids often respond to books that are about animals sort yeah. of acting as people, right? And so <laughs> I'm a huge fan, and my, my whole family are huge fans of books by Ryan T. Higgins. Okay. And he wrote the book Mother Bruce. Um, and several other books about this sort of grumpy bear who is a reluctant foster mother to geese, and it's just hysterical. So I recommend those.
1: Yeah, I, I'll have to check those out. I, we are not familiar with that, with those. So I know growing up I always enjoyed Berenstain, Berenstain Bears, of course, a classic there. A couple uh, that I would also recommend, uh, and see if you guys second this or not, is uh, uh, recently we've been really into Oliver Jeffers and all his books or illustrations i just we've found some of those to be uh some classics uh there at least some new classics the crayons the Cran series there and um of course now that i'm recording this titles are coming to a blank here but oliver jeffers and then the other one we're enjoying uh reading as a family is the green ember series and i'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that that's sd smith and i think he's getting ready to release the seventh or eighth book in that series so it's that's a good one as well. It might be for a little bit older of kids,
0: um, although our four-year-old enjoys listening to it as well. And my three-year-old twins, they're they are also really into Daniel Tiger right now. Okay. And <laughs> those books have some really good social-emotional messages. Yes. Yeah.
1: Cool. Awesome. Uh, as, as we're kind of wrapping up, uh, any resources out there for parents who just might need some uh, encouragement uh, in this area?
0: So one great resource is the Dolly Parton Imagination Library. Um, If you go online to their website, you can actually sign up, and um, for free you'll get a new book every month for your child up through when they're five. Okay. Wow. That's cool.
2: The other thing I'd point out is just your local public library. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, People may not think about taking advantage of that resource, or they may simply think about taking out books, but children's librarians are really fantastic resources, and they can guide you towards new things that your children might be excited about, books you haven't seen before. They can provide all kinds of wonderful programming. And there are also a number of public libraries have some programs that help support parents whether it's in their own reading skills or whether it's in learning about how to read with their children in more interactive ways. And so just spending a little time at your local library can be a great strategy.
0: Yeah,
1: definitely something that's a very important topic that we're talking about. And just, I know sometimes that there's that struggle of, oh, I don't have time, but even I, would you guys agree that just even finding five to 10 minutes a day, you know, obviously more possible, it, helps, right? I mean, every little bit helps just to take time to sit down and read with your kids.
2: It's absolutely true. And it's really, I think, about a consistency, Mm -hmm. um, more so than even the quantity of time that adds up. But to make books and reading a regular part of your family's life, Mm -hmm. even if it's just catching little moments here and there, that's a really valuable thing. And the more you do it, oftentimes, the more your kids will ask for it. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. a good sign, even if they want to read the same book, over yep. and over and over, which yep. <laughs> we also <laughs> on parents. So true. <laughs> that's <laughs> a really valuable thing that tells you that it matters to yep. your child. And you can have your child do more and more of that work. Mm-hmm. Have them tell you the story. Ask them questions about the story. Mm-hmm. It can be a new experience every time. Yep.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I know anytime we've had a late night and we might say it's just time to get in bed and they they beg for stories so it's a it's a good <laughs> feeling to have that they, they they want to hear that nope. so, awesome wow thank you guys so much for all that insight on reading and uh, read across America day here uh, anything else as we wrap up that you
0: would need to add
2: pick up a book it never goes out of style
0: <laughs> and I would also I just make sure or take the opportunity when you're reading with your children to ask them lots of questions mm-hmm. And don't feel like questions are taken away from the book. It's a chance for you to uh, engage your child with the content and to build uh, even more language skills. That's awesome.
1: Hey, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate it. David and Jen, uh, thank you uh, for your time today. And Boiler Up. Boiler, boiler Up. Right. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter, at Full Pod, And you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.